Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We podcast a Bible study posted every Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, but also for those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. We're thankful to have the means, the ability, the opportunity to be able to broadcast God's Word on such a widespread basis literally around the world through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. Our Bible classes begin on Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., on Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the morning and then followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together for evening worship at 6 o'clock p.m. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We encourage you to come and check us out. Study God's Word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. We want to help people get to heaven. Now, because of that, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can. You know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to come closer to God at the very least, and probably some who need to simply start thinking about their soul's salvation and their relationship with God, because that's not much in their mind right now. Help them grow in their faith by sharing these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, obviously, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. We also encourage you to encourage everybody you know to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We say over and over again, we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or computer or laptop or pad or tablet or whatever it might be, they will receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and a great daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And it does exactly that. It digs deep into God's Word. But they'll also receive a seven-day-a-week short Bible study that we call today's Bible class. And I really think that's a gem. It's only about 13 minutes each day, so it is easy for us to work it into our busy schedules every day, maybe driving to work, coming home from work, on break from our work, or maybe taking a little break from our chores around the house, but it gets us into God's Word every day. And that's vital for our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So encourage everybody you can to go to our website, churchofchrist.com, and sign up for our podcasting. And while you're While they're at our website, they can access hundreds of sermons, and a great many of those are now posted in video format as well as audio. They can also download and read through and study through hundreds of scripturally-based and spiritually-focused articles. So 
tremendous Bible study resource materials. And again, it always will be free right there for everybody's easy access. We're going to begin a new book from God's Word. We spent a great deal of time in First and Second Peter, those two rather short letters written by the Apostle Peter, but guided Peter guided to write them by, the, by God through the Holy Spirit, as all Scripture is guided to be written by a human penman, so to speak, but it is all God's Word. And so every, every writer of Scripture that we find in the Bible was guided by God to write what they wrote through the Holy Spirit. And so Peter was no, no exception to that. And I thought it would just be natural for us to flow right into First John. We look at we we studied through James and then First and Second Peter, and then as you're going through the New Testament books as they are as they are allocated in our English Bibles, First John would be next, and so it is a great study as well, and I think we can benefit from that. It's interesting that John begins by affirming affirming his faith in Jesus Christ as God's Son and our Lord and Savior, as the Messiah, prophesied in Old Testament scriptures to be sent by God as the Savior of mankind. And that that prophecy or those prophecies were multiple in Old Testament scriptures and over hundreds of years, we can read about those. And then at the right time, the scriptures tell us God sent Jesus into this world as the Savior. Well, John begins by affirming that we can have absolute faith in Jesus as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. So 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, he says, "...that which was from the beginning." which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And the word there is capitalized, and it's simply referring to Jesus, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior. He goes on and says, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Interesting. John repeatedly, in those first four verses of this first of his recorded letters, 1 John, he repeatedly emphasizes that he's not writing about Jesus as someone he heard about, but rather as someone he saw, he was with, he listened to. Even even it says in verse 1, our hands have handled. Very interesting indeed. Now, can we have faith in Christ? absolute faith in Christ. No question about it. The prophecies of Old Testament scriptures about the coming Savior were fulfilled in Jesus as he came to this earth and began his ministry and brought the gospel message of salvation to mankind from God. And he showed 
powerfully through miracles and signs and wonders that he performed, that everything he said was true and was from God, thereby the understanding being that God's authority was behind everything he claimed to be teaching as being from God, and also that God's authority was behind his identifying himself as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Now, anybody could have come to this earth. I say anybody could have come to this earth. Anybody could have been born and then at some point in their life started going around and declaring themselves to be the Son of God, the Savior of mankind. Anybody could have done that. But Jesus repeatedly demonstrated, by again in a powerful way, by, by signs and wonders and miracles, that he was and is indeed that very Savior and the Son of God. On Pentecost, 10 days after he ascended back to heaven, we find the, the, the apostles and a great multitude gathered in Jerusalem for that Jewish holy day. And Peter and the rest of the apostles began teaching the gospel of Christ. The multitude gathers around, at least thousands of them, and they, they start listening Peter, his words are highlighted, and he begins preaching a gospel sermon to them. And boy, he doesn't pull any punches. When we look in Acts chapter 2, and we begin reading with verse 22, Peter, Peter said, men of Israel, and again, there are thousands of these Jewish men gathered there. This was an important Jewish holy day and feast day for the Jewish people, and they have, have come from all over the known world, as well as from Palestine itself in the city of Jerusalem itself. And so Peter says, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. And so again, I said, Peter pulled no punches in this sermon. He says, this is, Jesus was a man. Well, he came to this earth, born in human form, but still fully divine, being the Son of God and the Savior. And so Peter says, this was a man who was attested not by himself, not by a lot of followers on their own, but by God. And he was attested by God to you. And by what means? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him. Jesus not only claimed to be the Son of God, not only claimed to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord of mankind, but he demonstrated it through the power that he, that it, that through which he performed miracles and signs and wonders, as Peter brings out here. And Peter says, he did this in your midst, God attested, God demonstrated that his power and authority was behind everything Jesus claimed to be and everything he taught as being from God. And then Peter goes on and says, as you yourselves also know. Huh. Now, then Peter goes on and he charges them. He convicts them of their sin and rejecting Jesus and having him crucified, at least instigating 
the crucifixion. In verse 23, he goes on and says, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. And so Peter says, yeah, you had him crucified. Your leaders wanted to shut him up, but that did not work. God raised him from the dead. Loose the pains of death. The grave could not hold Jesus. When we follow along here and we, we move over to verse 37, or verse 36 rather, uh, Peter goes on and he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. You may have had him crucified, but that did not stop his message of salvation. That did not shut him up. That did not shut him down. Because you see, he was not just a man. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. And all of God's authority and God's power is behind him to demonstrate and prove that he truly is God's Son and that the gospel message of salvation that he brought and preached to mankind while on this earth is God's message of forgiveness and salvation. Jesus did not make it up on his own. He came from heaven itself to this earth, lived as a man while still fully divine, and he fulfilled the mission that God sent him to fulfill as the Savior, as the Son of God. Now, the response of many of the people in that day, in the next verse, verse 37, was profound because many asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Yeah, they were convicted of their sin. They were convicted that they had had the Son of God, their Savior, the prophesied Messiah, crucified. And Peter responded in verse 38 by saying, repent. Okay, you did not believe him? Believe in him. You did not accept him? Accept him. You would not obey him? Now you must obey him. Repent and, th- and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he says, okay, you've got to put your newfound belief or faith into action through repentance and obedience by being baptized into Christ, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And what was their response? About 3,000 were baptized on that very day. The church was established on the face of this earth. And what a marvelous and glorious beginning it had. So when we look at 1 John chapter 1 in these first few verses, John is saying, and John ultimately was one of the chosen apostles by the Lord himself, and he seemed to have been something of an inner part of something of an inner circle as among the apostles as he seemed to be somewhat closer to Jesus than some of the others. And so he writes this from first-hand experience, that which was from the beginning, 
Jesus from the beginning. Now, when we look at John's gospel account, he, he makes that point. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. He was in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And then when you drop down to verse 14, John identifies clearly who he is speaking of by referring to him as the Word. The Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So there's no question about whom John is writing in the in his gospel account, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, he's writing about Jesus being the Word, the Word incarnate, the Word being with God, and the Word was God. And there at the beginning, in the creation, taking part in the creation, and everything was made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. But also he came into this world as the light of men, bringing the message of light, of forgiveness, of salvation through him as the Savior and God's Son, knowing that he would go to that cross and give his physical life as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind, of all time. So in 1 John chapter 1 again, We can understand these opening words that John writes down in these first four verses. That which was from the beginning. Go back to John chapter 1 and verse 1. That was Jesus. That was the Christ, the Savior, the Son of God. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. We have heard? He and the rest of the apostles. They didn't hear a, just hear about Jesus. They heard Jesus. They walked with him, lived with him to a great extent for a period of about three years, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So again, not second or third or fourth or fifth hand information giving to the, given to them, but they were there with him. They heard him with their own ears. They saw him with their own eyes. They spent time with him physically, walking with him, listening to his teaching, learning from him as he taught them. And he says, and we have handled with our hands. Well, remember that after the resurrection On the third day, after Jesus was crucified on that cross and put in the tomb, on that third day, the first day of the week, God raised him from the dead, released him from that tomb. Again, the grave could not hold him down. And when he came and presented himself alive, risen before the apostles, they could see the nail prints in his hands. They could see the spear indentation where the spear had been rammed into his side. There was no faking it. He had literally died physically. 
But now he was risen. And remember, when Thomas had not been there initially, the first time Jesus appeared to the apostles, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe after the arrest of the apostles told him, he's risen, he was here. I'm not going to believe till I touch his hands. And so when Jesus appeared the next time before Thomas, as well as the rest of the apostles, he told Thomas, feel the nail prints, the holes in my hands. Thrust your hand into my side. And Thomas responded with his open confession, my Lord and my God. And so John is saying, we saw him, we heard him, we were there with him, we even touched him. We know that he was that he is the true Savior. But not only because we saw him and heard him personally and were able to examine by feel the holes in his hands and in his side following his resurrection from the tomb, but we know also because of all of that, we know that he was there in the beginning, that he took part in the creation. In verse 2 of 1 John chapter 1, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard. Again, he emphasizes we were there. We saw him. We heard him personally, firsthand in his presence. That's what we declare to you. We're not making anything new up. We're not coming up with some good philosophy on our own, out of our own head. That which Jesus taught us personally, firsthand, in his presence, that's what we're teaching you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so the fellowship is not just with the apostles, just what they're saying, what they're teaching. He said, no, that's, that's, we're just part of that fellowship that is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. And so John was trying to get across to them the fullness of, of the message that Jesus Christ is our Savior, is the Son of God, is the fulfillment of the prophecies of the coming Savior written down hundreds and hundreds of years before in various Old Testament scriptures. Yes, John says, I'm not telling you something that I heard about. I'm telling you something I saw and heard with my own ears being in his presence and experienced firsthand by being with him and walking with him over a period of about three years. John was a firsthand witness of Jesus coming as the Savior, as the Son of God, and how blessed we are to have John's writing for us to point out that very fact and to help us have absolute confidence that it's not just because a lot of people have said Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God, but we have the firsthand witnesses writing about Jesus being the Savior, 
the Son of God. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, and beginning with verse 16, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. And Peter is talking about his experience, his personal witness on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured before them and and Moses and Elijah stood there with him. Peter said, we were there. I was there. I heard the voice from heaven. God the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And again, Peter, the apostle, says the same thing John says. I'm not talking to you about something I heard about. I was an eyewitness. I was an eyewitness of his majesty. I was there. I saw. I heard. I was with him. What wonderful, wonderful encouragement and firsthand affirmation we read in God's word by these two, not just apostles, but inspired writers, assuring us that we can believe, that we need to believe, that Jesus is the Son of God. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? The Hebrews writer saying, this was confirmed to us that Jesus is Lord by those who heard him, by those who were there with him. And Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 and 18, yeah, I'm writing this to you about the Savior, about Jesus. Yeah, I was there. I witnessed firsthand, heard him with my own ears, saw him with my own eyes. And John the apostle said the same thing in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. So when we're reading these accounts, we're not reading hearsay. We're not reading a rumor. We're reading first-hand witness. And that's compelling. And that's authoritative. We'll continue in 1 John next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word that is so rich, so instructive, and so powerful in what it says. Thank you for giving us your word that in so many cases was written down by eyewitnesses firsthand, firsthand testimony, Father. But all of your word was written by penmen who were guided by you through the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son and making it so clear that we can be absolutely 
confident and assured that he is our Savior and Lord. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. And please guide us to live in the responsible and obedient way that we should before you and before him as our Savior. Guide us in this. Strengthen us and help us in this, Father. Please, we pray. And Father, gracious Father, please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.